about your business? Then why not advertise on the Marie Menu Cherry Show? The Marie Menu Cherry Show reaches a diverse group of listeners from all around the world and was just recently voted one of the top five shows on KKNW. Aside from a professional website, how many outlets do you really have to promote your business and literally reach across the globe? The Marie Manu Cherry Show has a listening audience that ranges from the U.S., Scotland, South Africa, to Australia, and beyond. Become part of the show and let the world know what you have to offer. Go to www.energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671 to find out more about advertising on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. Rates are reasonable, and the opportunity to grow your business is substantial. Welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse in a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I am Marie. We are live here just outside of Seattle in Bellevue, Washington. And today's show is going to be about mediumship. So I'm going to talk about the way I translate, how I receive information, and give tips and ideas on how you can do the same thing. I really believe that someday on Earth, maybe not in my lifetime, many, many, many people, hopefully everyone will be able to communicate with their loved ones and friends. I think that we're supposed to be multi-sensory beings. I don't think it's just for some of us. I think someone like myself provides tools and education and helps bridge this world so that more and more people can be multi-sensory, which means to sense beyond your five sensory capabilities, to sense beyond the third dimensional space, or to even have a deeper sense of the third dimensional space. So I, I teach that in all my classes because I think that's the way we're moving in our evolutionary process. And to be multisensory means to also have a deeper, more connected relationship with yourself, to have a, a more common bond with who you are and a deeper sense of self-awareness, which I think is a little challenging for most people. A lot of people would prefer to stay a little bit numb and disconnected and not really know what's going on inside because that can be challenging, but very healing and allows for a great and wonderful expansion. So a medium is a person who... Um, in my mind, a metaphor is it is that you're standing on a bridge between the earth plane and the other side. And the other side to me is the fifth dimension. Some people call it heaven. It's where most people go after they leave the earth plane. So when we leave our bodies, we, we don't die. At least that's what I believe. We don't actually die. We become more of the energy that we are. So energy leaves your physical body crosses over to another dimension, which I call the fifth dimension. And that's where you continue to live your life. There are hundreds, I'm sure thousands of other time space realities. So you don't have to stay in the fifth dimension, although many um, people who have been in human form do. They feel very connected to the earth plane and their loved ones that they've left. And then someone like myself, who's a medium, a person who stands in the middle, hence medium, um, we communicate with those that are not in a body anymore and explain and describe and pass on messages from those that are more energetic to those people who live on the earth. So uh, I found out probably, um, I was probably 39 years old when I started to uh, see people who had passed over. 
and began to hear their messages. I was a nurse at a hospital here in Washington State. I was an oncology nurse. And that's really where my very first experience was um, with, um, there was a man on our floor who was very sick and uh, a woman started talking to me while I was walking the floor. I was a charge nurse that day. I worked mostly as an on-call charge nurse and I was walking the floor checking out the patients and helping other nurses. And I kept hearing a woman's voice. I couldn't see her. I, I sensed that she was floating somewhere above me. And by that time, I'd had so many paranormal experiences that it just wasn't a big surprise. I just didn't know it was someone who had passed on. I had no idea what she wanted me to do. Um, but she kept asking me to go talk to her son. And it was, you know, we had a lot of beds on that unit. I didn't know who her son was. And finally, by the end of the day, I began to see her more and more. Every time I passed this certain passageway in the hallway, I began to see her her figure. And uh, and uh, she was standing next to a door, floating, I should say, in the air next to a door. I could see her hair color, clothing that she was wearing, approximate age. Um, she told me that her son was young. Um, so young is, I, I think he was somewhere in his you know late 30s, somewhere around there. And she asked me to go talk to him. I finally figured out what she was talking about. And I went in and spoke to this gentleman and asked him if his mother had passed. And he said yes. And I asked him if she was um, kind of bossy because she basically yelled at me all day long to go talk to him. And he said yes and burst out laughing. And then I passed on the message that she gave to him, um, which was that he was going to stay here on Earth longer. He was really worried that his disease was going to take him away during that particular hospitalization. And she assured him that he still had time on Earth. Now, the interesting thing about, you know, giving the message is it's not something that, that a medium usually is aware of. It's not like, it doesn't feel like common sense information. It's, it's truly heartfelt information between the two individuals. And that's why sometimes as a medium, you, you wonder why you're passing on a particular message. In that case, of course, it was clear that, you know, I didn't know that this man was worried. I'd never met him before. I didn't even know his health status because as a charge nurse, uh, I didn't have my own patient load at that time, at that day. So at any rate, that one was obvious, but sometimes the messages seem very silly, uh, odd, and the job of the medium is just to pass them on. So that's one of the things that I started doing years ago, and I love doing it. So if you want to call in today, I'll be happy to talk to your loved ones and your friends from the other side and pass on any messages. So what are those numbers, Eric? Well, people can call in and talk to us at 877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828. That's our toll-free line. And if you're local here in the Seattle or Bellevue area, we'd love to hear from you at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. Wonderful. And as always, I'll answer whatever question anyone has. So why don't we go ahead and go to those phone lines? All right, let's talk to our first caller. We've got Betsy on the line calling from Seattle. Hi, Betsy. Hi, Marie. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. I love this topic, too. Oh, good. It's, it's not why I called, but I'd certainly be interested to um, know if there's anybody on the other side that's supporting me in this topic. Sure, of course. You know, um, my vision is kind of blurry uh -huh. lately, especially for reading. Uh -huh. And you know, maybe I'm being stubborn, and I just want—I just don't want to, you know, use the reading glasses any more than I have to. <laughs> maybe I need a prescription there. But I also wonder what you're, what you see about my vision. You right. know, I'm in my mind saying, I can see clearly. I'd like to see clearly all my life. Oh, and and I agree. You know, my cousin's a few years older than me. I'm 48. I think she's probably 53. 
doesn't need reading glasses. Okay, I've been using reading glasses for quite a few years, um, but recently, thanks to my eye doctor, I got these really great new contacts that have a bifocal in them. However, there isn't a line um, that separates it. I really see like I did before I started to have problems reading small print. And what I think happens whenever you have a vision problem, especially when it's difficult to treat, like I'm sure those contacts have been out a little while, but for some reason I didn't run into them until just recently. Um, I think that it is about not wanting to see something because you could go get some reading glasses at even the grocery store and wear them you know so i think it's a metaphor for not wanting to see something clearly in your life is there something that you're you know kind of wanting to avoid or not pay attention to you know maybe there is maybe there are a few things okay a few things maybe (laughs) i don't know um (laughs) so you can't think of anything right now nothing comes up Maybe in my work, in your uh, work? Mm-hmm. that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can have those. Uh, so yeah, that would be something maybe I could take a look at. <laughs> yeah, and and it doesn't mean you have to make any major changes. Mm-hmm. It's just about getting clearer about what you want, mm-hmm. what feels right oh. to you, making decisions about what you really want, and what I'm picking up on too is your relationship. So, and I'm not saying that anything's bad about it um, at all. Uh, I'm just saying that that's one of the things that I'm picking up on. So maybe there's a shift going on in your relationship where you're clarifying your power in the relationship mm-hmm. and you're owning more of your of your own mind and, and not having to compromise some of your belief systems and staying true to yourself, staying on your path. Or as one person has told me, staying in line, not getting out of line. Mm. You know, because sometimes we do that in relationship. We get out of line to appease other people. They're compromised to avoid conflict to make sure that everything's comfortable. But then when you get out of line, you jeopardize your own individualness, right? Right. Yeah. So that's what I would work on is what are your true beliefs about yourself in relating to your partner? Mm-hmm. How would you like it to be? What would be in your highest good? And how can you maintain that? And then I think either the blurriness will decrease or you're going to really find some cute reading glasses that you love or <laughs> you, really, you know, yeah. you'll be attracted to them or you'll be like me and you'll get some snazzy new contacts and you won't need any reading glasses. Right. <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's really helpful. Yeah. And there is a gentleman standing um, near you. He's about uh, four feet away from you. If I had to guess his height, I'd say he's around 5'10". His hair's almost completely white or gray. Um, he's missing some hair at the top of his head. Uh, it's it's like it's parted just a little bit to the side. And on, the, on his um, left-hand side, there's like a patch of hair missing. Um, but then the right-hand side, there, it comes all the way up to the, you know, the forehead hairline. He has lighter eyes, the so blue-green or hazel. He's got good muscle tone, even though if I had to guess his age, I would say maybe late 60s, early 70s. Oh. And, um, and so this man probably, you know, maybe he had a job where he worked hard at physically or he liked to exercise like run or something, you know, throughout his lifetime that helped maintain his muscle mass. Is he a family member on my mom's side? I think he's a family member. Uh-huh. I do. Do you know if this is an uncle or possibly a grandfather? Who first comes to mind is my, my mom's dad. Oh, your mom's dad. So a yeah. grandfather for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he, what he's telling you is he's standing behind you because he's helping you in this dilemma. One of the great things about being connected to the other side, which you are, is that beings hear you very clearly and feel welcomed into your life to help you resolve situations. 
And so that's exactly what he's there to do is to keep you on track. Don't step out of the line because this is good, this is good for your partner as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. You know, because if you show yeah. up feeling good about yourself and staying in your line, you're helping him to grow as well. Right. So he's, my grandpa's saying specifically people that I interact with. He's saying stay in line. Yeah, that's what he's, and he says that that's not something that your family was good at, that he says pretty much everybody was wishy-washy in our family. Uh-huh. You know, so that's a, it's a character trait that wasn't modeled to you as a child. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's not the first place that you go to. It's where you go to when you're mad mm-hmm. or at the end of your rope or frustrated. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be so much nicer to be able to stay there all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and of course be compassionate and loving and understanding and accepting of another person's viewpoint, but not compromising your own. Right. Being in my line, in line with my Yeah. 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 And he's so cute the way he does it. You're, this man who I do think is your grandfather, he sees you in a grocery store. You're in a long aisle and there's tons of food on both sides, you know, piled up, you know, feet above you so that you can't get out of the line. I mean, that's how he's using the metaphor. Wow. Because my whole family had grocery stores. Which oh, is my really gosh. Great. So good for him for oh my gosh. sending that to you. Yeah. And you getting it. That's yeah, lovely. that's really He's nice. On my, but that was my dad's side, but he was very connected, you know. It still feels like the grandpa on my mom's side, though. It feels like your mother's side of the family, yeah. you know, and he's looking at your metaphors, what feels right for you. And right. grocery stores were something that were, that's great. you know, comfortable for you. But he, yeah, so you're kind of stuck in the aisle with a cart yeah. and your job is not to get out, to just stay in line. Yeah. I hear you. And then, of course, you'll get some cute reading glasses or whatnot. Okay, right. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. You're Have welcome. You too. Right, bye bye. Hope she doesn't get one of those cards with the wonky wheel like I always get. I, tell you, I get those too. I'm like, do I have like, you know, attraction to all the weird stuff in the world <laughs> or right. what is it? Yeah. Well, now we've got Steve on the line calling from Edmonds. Hi, Steve. Hi, how are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. What can I do for you? Well, I was wondering if you could see or send somebody on the other side that would like to, uh, you know, might have a message for me. Yeah, I actually see a couple things around you. Have we ever spoken before, Steve? Uh, yeah, I've gone to a couple of your classes in Redmond and then on the phone a couple times. Okay, great. Um, so do you know what the term archway means? Yeah, I've heard you talk about that. Okay, so you have an archway behind you, uh, and I think it just opened up personally. I don't know how long it's been open, but not very long. An archway, for our listeners who don't know, an archway is a beam of light that looks like half of the McDonald's golden arch. That's how I describe it. And it's about 50 feet tall, 20 feet wide, standing behind you. And, and what happens in the, in the arch, part of the third dimensional space peels back, and other time-space realities and other dimensions are able to then shine their light on you so that you're getting energy from other places in the universe to help you move through something in your life. And archways appear when people have done significant inner work. And so, yeah, you have an archway open. I get that it's going to be open for three years, which is a significant period of time, meaning that you have a lot going on, apparently. And, And you're getting a whole bunch of help. In the center of the arch will be a minimum of 50 guides, extra guides, helping you through whatever you're going through or figuring out. So first and foremost, you're definitely not alone. And you are going through something significant. And I feel a little bit of challenge when I'm looking at the arch. You know, it's like some arches, I see all this confetti and balloons, like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be totally fun for the next three years. And others, I I feel just a little bit of, you know, um, oh, 
a little bit of stress, you know, is how I feel. And you're sure. al- you're already in it. I don't know what it is, but you're already in the stress. But the archway is here to help you so that the stress isn't overburdensome, so that you can see clearly through the challenge and all of those things. There is a woman who's from the other side, probably from your family, standing to the left of the archway. She's older, like maybe... She tells me she's around my mother's age, but she looks a little bit older than my mother. Thankfully, we got good genes in her family, and we tend to look about a decade younger than we, what we really are, which is a blessing. Yeah. Um, so she's probably in her you know, mid-70s. Um, she does have all white or gray hair. It's got a curl in it. I don't know if she sets it or not. It's completely off of um, her forehead, her hair. So it's you know pulled back and curled or waved. Like she sets it, or she's used to go to the, bur- the beauty parlor. Hair is always the first thing I see. It's where I have a, a very strong accuracy yeah, towards. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. Right. And then she's wearing um, kind of a peachy polyester top, long sleeve. Um, the sleeves, I, I, I don't know if you're really into clothing or not, but she's really showing me her clothes. The sleeves kind of scoop down, so they're kind of wide sleeves. She's, I would say she's a, a little, you know, a few extra pounds is how I would describe it. And then she's wearing some kind of beige pants with this peach top. And she's funny. She's cute. She's funny. I think if she was a grandmother or a great aunt, she was um, loving to her family and interesting, but she also had her own independence is how I feel. Do you know who this person is? Well, I suspect it's uh, my grandmother on my dad's side. Oh. Because I had her uh, image come to me once when I was meditating, and uh, it kind of surprised me because we weren't especially close, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely uh, her. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's passed away mm-hmm. quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that she's passed. Well, yeah. she's talking to you, and she says, uh, these are her words that I'm translating. She says that you're a very, um, the, conflicted is too strong of a word, but it's kind of back to our first caller, how you don't stand in your own line, but it's more like in your brain. You know, your brain argues with itself. In, you know, okay. you, you get excited, and you make a decision about where to go next, and then you change your mind. And you go another direction, and then you get disappointed with that, and you go back to the original plan. It's almost like a tennis rally going back and forth, you know, the ball over the fence or the the net. And what's going to be important is that you stick to your original plan. Do your best not to get sidetracked, because you'll be disappointed with the sidetrack. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Kind of. For me, it feels more like I just have a hard time making the original plan, period, or, or realizing what it is I want to do. Well, so what do you want to do? I'm not sure. Just I'm just really committed to spiritual growth. Right. Totally. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, when I look at it, you would prefer to either, you know, make this a, a really big time hobby for you or a profession. And so right. you know, as you make these plans, your job is to stick to them. But things take a little while to maturate. You already have made a decision. You feel this great dedication to spirituality. It feels like home to you. That's not an accident or just a, you know, some coincidence. It's actually a synchronicity related to your soul's growth. And every, sure. and every time you step away from that and, and tell yourself all the doubts that you tell yourself, oh, no, I can't do this, and I don't have this particular gift, or how is this going to work out, or, or whatever the doubts are, then you're sabotaging yourself in terms of, you know, being dedicated to what really sings to your heart and your soul. And, and yeah. so if you can keep your mind on track, try not to figure out how it's all going to happen, because that's the universe's job. 
Your okay. job is to stay dedicated to what feels good to you. Usually what feels good to us doesn't have a lot of common sense. It's not a linear experience. It's a joyful experience. It's a feeling that overflows inside of us. And that's where we need to step towards, you know, make the movement towards that, even if there's no common sense connected to it. Right. Okay. Do you think you can do that? Uh, I'm working on it. Okay. I mean, because I, I hear you saying you're working on it, and I know you want to, but I... I see that it's still a little bit challenging. Um, there's a really great book out. I've mentioned it on the show before. It's called The Law of Attraction. It's written by Michael Lozer. And it is a great, wo- wonderful book about staying dedicated to who you are. Uh, it's fun. It's cute. It's got great little graphics in it. It's a very little book, so you can get through it very quickly. And maybe make that your new Bible so okay. that you can remind yourself again and again, oh, yeah, that's a doubt. Oh, yes, that, there's another but. Oh, yeah, I, I just said I can't do that. I, I need to go back to affirming what feels right to me. Okay. And your grandma j- just gave you a big kiss on top of your head and on your left cheek, and then she stands in front of you and gives you a big hug. All right. Okay? Okay. All right. So thank you very much for calling in. Oh, yeah. Thank you for <clears throat> doing all that you do. Sure. Have a wonderful day. Okay, thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, our next caller is Phyllis calling from Kirkland. Hi, Phyllis. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. What can I do for you today? Well, I had a nephew that passed away uh-huh. um, in 2001. Uh-huh. And my sister is, um, has really not gotten over it. Mm-hmm. Of course, I guess no one really does. but Right. Um, I would like to see or hear from him mm-hmm. and possibly send a message to my sister yeah or yeah have him of course to my sister of course so you know I'm, i do see an image in my head and i'll go ahead and talk about it in just a moment i just want to you know say how sorry i am and give you my sincere apologies for the loss of you know a young person in your life that's really hard for anyone you know it's so much easier when someone has lived what we consider a full life and then they pass right. over you know it's a lot more challenging um i really think that I really believe that people leave this place when it's their time. You know, I'm sure there's freak accidents that occur because mm-hmm. anything could happen. But I think the majority of individuals leave when it's, you know, in what what's in their highest good. So people who come in and die young, you know, maybe there's information that they wanted to take from this particular century and that's very modern for them or contemporary and use it to some goodwill or some skill sets that they want to create on the other side. Many people, I mean, almost everyone, everyone actually, when they come here to live a life or any other time, space, reality, are working on healing their soul. So there could be something about, you know, living a very quick life and getting a lot of love or attention, you know, that could have been part of it. And also, perhaps what I'm getting is also providing an opportunity for, you know, other family members to learn something about spirituality. And that's what I get about his mom, you know, and, and his dad, actually. You know, and I don't know what their beliefs are or any of that nature. You know, I I can make assumptions about it, but I don't know for sure. And it feels like that it was a door opening, an opportunity for them to embrace spirituality in a different way. You know, in a way that is really for them, you know, rather than group um, participation in religion or other forms of celebration. Mm -hmm. And um, and your sister is very sweet, by the way. And, And of course, you know, losing a child is all of our worst nice nightmares, right? It's the last thing we right. ever want to experience. But she has a strong stubborn streak inside of her. And um, it's adorable, by the way. 
And and so there's that part of her that it makes her even more not want to connect, you know, because of having this happen. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and does that all make sense to you? Is it that does. true? Okay. Um, I I think actually when I look at your family, there's you know when I get past like the your first family, your parents, and all of that, and I go back several generations, I actually see a lot of mysticism in your family. And I think that if your sister were able to embrace some concepts that might feel new age to her, I think she would have a a stronger connection or a connection because she doesn't feel connected to her child. Um, you know, she feels very separate from him. Yeah. Um, which would be very healing for her because, of course, that could be one of the reasons why this occurred so that she could learn to create a bond between herself and other time-space realities. And and he's patiently waiting for that. He, he's I don't see him hurrying her. I don't see him worrying about it. I see him very loving and very patient. And what he had to do sometimes shortly after he passed is kind of step away a little bit because the grief was obviously very profound. And it was hard on him, you know, um, it, it, at least that's my perspective, my translation. It was a little challenging for him. And so now, because some time has gone by and time tends to be a great healer for many of us, um, he's able to step closer. And so you may notice her feeling more annoyed lately because he's so close and, and willing to participate more readily in a connection for both of them. What so, can she do? Um, I know you said that she can perhaps she could. She could connect to him. I mean, I, I, I just want to snap my fingers. I don't know if you can hear it over there, but I, I'm snapping my fingers because it could be so quick. And I think what would, would help, and I don't know if this is answering your question, is if she could believe in miracles. You know, again, you know, believe in miracles and that nothing is really out to get her because she takes this very personally. Yes. You know, and, you know, when I was a new mom years ago, my, my oldest child is answering the phone for us and she's 23. And um, when I was a new mom, I worked on, you know, being able to release my children if that was their choice, because I was really afraid something as all new moms, we worry and dads, we worry that something bad's going to happen to one of our babies, right? All of a sudden you have this new thing in your life and it's so dependent upon you. And, and it's a hard concept for a lot of people to get, but we need to recognize that everyone's their own individual being. They're here for their own agenda, their own experience. And it's not about us. It, it truly isn't. Um, yeah. But that's going to be too, I wouldn't, I wouldn't approach her in that way. I think that would just make her very upset. And of course, that's the last thing we want to do. But perhaps helping her to believe in miracles, maybe find some great movies that she could watch that are about miracles, you know, things of that nature so right. that she could get in that zone and then here's the tool. When um, she has a spontaneous feeling about him, adorable young person, right. um, if she could get happy versus sad, even if she thinks about something else, maybe even ice cream or a beautiful warm day, it would be much easier for her to connect with him because where he is, his vibration is really high. And when we're very sad, it's almost like we're in completely different radio stations. Oh, and it's very difficult to connect. So maybe you could talk to her about this because she desperately wants this, even though she's you know, frustrated and sad and stubborn about it. She desperately wants this. So She, she dreams about him. And he, oh, that's beautiful. That means yeah. he's visiting her. in her. In her it, those are real visits. It's not and just a dream. Oh, that's just beautiful. So tell her she can have more of that with her eyes wide open, fully awake. Okay. Okay? Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. And please give a hug and kiss to your sister for me. Thank you. Okay, have a great day. Thank you. All righty, bye-bye. So we're going to go ahead and take a break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show, and we will be right back. 
Join Marie at the Marriott Redmond Town Center and become a Reiki master the weekend of July 17th. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in Reiki 1, 2, and 3. You'll learn how to move energy within the body by practicing on other workshop participants while Marie uses her symbolic sight to provide individual feedback. You'll learn detailed information about the chakra system. You'll receive attunements with guided meditation that allow you to practice Reiki at the master level. Reiki is still Marie's favorite modality. This is truly a transformative weekend with healing and guided meditation. Enrollment is limited. Please call 425-825-5671 for more information or check out Marie's website at energyintuitive.com. Do you sail blindly through life with no compass, stuck in dead-end jobs and failed relationships? Do you know deep in your heart that you have a purpose in this lifetime? and should be living a happier, more fulfilling life? Ainsley McLeod is ready to walk you through the instruction based on his book, which is a simple step-by-step system for decoding your soul. He'll teach you how to live the life your soul intended and guide you to a greater sense of clarity, joy, and self-understanding, all in a matter of nine spectacular days. Join author and psychic Ainsley McLeod and Hills of Africa Travel for Soul Safari in South Africa this October. You will experience the awesome energetic boost of the African bush, the exhilarating nature of game viewing, and the therapeutic leisure activities of one fabulous vacation. Only 32 lucky people will have access to this incredible life-changing journey. For more information, go to energyintuitive.com. Marie is excited to announce the release of her brand new CD, A Healthy Immune System. A healthy immune system is the key to good health and vitality. On this CD, Marie explains what the immune system is and how the different components of the immune system function within the human body. You'll also gain a better understanding of energy medicine as it relates to the immune system. Marie shares exercises and meditations throughout this CD so you can create a healthy immune system and vital state of well-being. Also included with this CD is a diagram of the immune system and a brief glossary of terms for easy reference. To order your copy of Marie's new CD now, please visit her website at energyintuitive.com. Proud to bring variety to your radio dial. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. I am Marie. This is where energy and medicine meet. So I'm going to tell you one more funny story. Well, I don't know. Hopefully, it's really not that funny, actually, now that I think of it. As a person connecting to all these dimensions. It's, it's probably just how you tell it. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, or one of those where you I had to know. be there. Yeah, maybe if you <laughs> okay. had to be there. I think it's the toilet part that's funny. All right. Okay, yeah. I love having Eric in the studio because, you know, Eric's a little bit more mainstream than I am. <laughs> so he keeps me, you know, kind of balanced about what's the norm. Right, Eric? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was about six years ago. I was eating actually in downtown Kirkland at the Crab Cracker, a little restaurant. I was in the bar with a girlfriend. It was a Friday night. It was on my second glass of wine, and I'm not good after one glass of wine. You know, I'm kind of a cheap date. And I went into the restroom, and um, I'm sitting on the toilet in the restaurant, and a woman who's on the other side starts talking to me. She's standing in the stall with me. So, yes, it's a little crowded. I can clearly see her. She's blonde, about 30 years of age. She tells me that she had just recently died, 
and that her husband was in the restaurant and she wanted me to talk to him. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So we're having this mental telepathic conversation. So no, I'm not opening my mouth and speaking to her. She tells me that she had a chronic disease and she was doing fine. And then something happened and she got acutely ill and died unexpectedly. And she showed me pictures of the critical care unit where she, you know, she immediately was rushed to the hospital and unfortunately, you know, went into a coma and passed away. So I'm telling her with my mind that, number one, I'm on the toilet, having a private moment here, <laughs> that I've had two glasses of wine, not a good idea to talk to a medium with two glasses of wine, <laughs> and that I had no idea who her husband was, so I wasn't going to walk around the restaurant going, right. excuse me, did your wife die? You know, that's not a good opener, right? Who's that drunk lady that just wandered out of the bathroom? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my point exactly. And I have this rule with the universe, unless it's an absolute emergency, no one's allowed to contact me when I'm on my own time. That's right. the rule I have. So I can have a life, right? Yeah. So got to have some time to yourself, of course. Thank you. i got to drink those wines. And especially That's... when you're having some time to yourself. It would exactly. be nice to have some time to yourself. Exactly. So I walk out of the bathroom. I did say to her, actually, before I walked out, that... You know, I gave her my phone number, not that she needed it, and said, have him call me on Monday. I'll answer any of his questions, blah, blah, blah. And she just disappeared. She didn't say anything. She just completely disappeared. And I thought, okay, good. She got it. So I'm walking out of the restaurant, and I notice there's a man sitting at my table with my girlfriend. And, of course, at that moment, I didn't think much about it. And, And he left before I got to the table. And my girlfriend said, oh, I'm so glad you're back. So-and-so is coming to our table. He's bringing his brother. His brother's wife just died, and he's having a hard day. And so I thought it would be great if they joined us. And I go, well, hmm, I think I just must have talked to his wife in the bathroom. And she goes, oh, great. You know, she's not upset about it. Here I have to come clean, you know, in a public place where nobody knows who I am. And it's a little daunting. So, you know, we're sitting down at the table. They show up, these two men, who actually were twin brothers, and um, and. I've decided I'm not going to say a word. You know, that's what I've decided. I'm not going to say a word. And I can hear the wife screaming in my left ear at the top of her lungs that this is her husband, that he's misses her terribly. He's drinking too much and he's driving. And she wants me to talk to him because he needs to find a proper way to grieve. She says he wants to cross over and be with her, but it's not his time. And she's screaming at me. I mean, at the top of her lungs. So, of course, finally, I say something. He bursts out crying. You know, here we are in a restaurant. Wants to know why I get to talk to her and he can't, you know. And um, so I finally, at the very end of the conversation, he agreed that he would not drink too much and that he would get some help. I gave him my phone number. We talked again on, on Monday and had a conversation, and he said he would go seek some grief counseling. So that was an emergency that I think was absolutely worth the interruption of my Mm. life. (laughs) So those kind of things happen to me about once a year. And uh, And that had a happy ending. I had the laugh track loaded up here (laughs) (laughs) for when the big joke came. Yeah, it was the bathroom part. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Thank you, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we go ahead and go back to the phone? All right, let's talk to, um, I think it's Rennie calling from Bellevue. Hi, Rennie. It's Renee. Hi, Renee. Two E's in Renee. I I think we didn't have it spelled quite the right way. So, sorry. Hi, Marie. Hi. I'm glad you're talking about this subject. (laughs) <laughs> I was curious if my dad and or my brother Mark had any messages for Yeah, me. you know, your dad just loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you. He, he was a good-looking man, too, when he was younger, yes. by the way. Yeah, very, very. Handsome. And he's charming. He's winked at me a couple times. Yeah. You know, he's obviously he was so ready for this conversation because it's like you you, you open up your mouth and there they both are. Yeah. Um, you're, you know, 
most people that I see who have passed over are like thrilled to be on the other side. You know, they totally enjoy it. And your dad's not upset. He just misses life on earth. Yeah. You know, some people just so much enjoy earth. It's like they feel kind of gypped. Even if they lived a fairly long period of time, they feel kind of gypped. And your dad's one of those people. He misses you terribly. He watches you often. He hangs out with you and your family. He loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you. He is grateful that another family member, you know, is with him. Yeah. Although I am sorry, you know, that for the loss of your family members, I truly am, because I think that was hard from what I can sense. Especially for my mom. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, but your dad is happy that he has company, something he can joke with and have a good time with and, you know, all of those things. Right. Um, but, yeah, your dad was one of those people who didn't want to pass. Your brother, on the other hand, I think was okay. Yeah. You know, so it, for him, it was more like, okay, you know, beam me up, Scotty, kind of a thing. You know, yeah. he was ready to go when it was time for him to go. Yeah. Um, but they hang out together. They're holding hands, which is adorable. Okay. In fact, your brother says, you know, any any kind of riff we had between us is all gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and we're having a wonderful time, and they love celebrating you. They love watching you enjoying your life. They say that you you get happier with every year. Is that true? Well, I've had a little difficulty recently, and I <laughs> and I'd wondered if that's why I hadn't heard from him in ah. quite some time because I, I was able to connect with them immediately after their passing, and they kind of kept communication with me. And mm-hmm. my life is such that it's so, um, it's just, it's just so much, so many, so much is happening all at the same time. It's a lot of good, but it, yeah. it's, um, I, I'm, I kind of fall. I don't know if I fall short or if I'm just afraid of starting something new or I'm just, it's, there's some indecisiveness on my part. Well, I just want to make sure I'm translating this accurately. So, you know, your brother says that your life gets better and better with every year. And and you said that a lot of stuff has happened, most of it good, but some of it's not good, is what you're saying. Well, it is all good. It's okay. It's that I... Uh, I don't always know how to accept goodness very graciously. See, this is why I ask these questions, because the people on the other side, they really good. I mean, they give me accurate information, but in our own angst here in the third dimensional space, we get kind of overwhelmed at times. And, you know, like he's pointing out again, you've got a great life, babe. Enjoy it is basically what he's saying. Live for the both of, of them. Yeah. And what I'm getting when I'm looking at your body, and then, of course, I'll be happy to answer your question in more detail, is that um, I think that you just get overwhelmed. It's almost like your biochemistry gets overwhelmed, and then you don't know which way to go. Yeah, that's interesting that you've you've picked it up that way, because that's my favorite subject in life. And I want to be able to teach more, and I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. So here's your homework assignment, and your dad and your brother are clapping very, very nicely, by the way. And they're both good-looking men, but your dad was gorgeous when he was yes. young. <laughs> he really was. Yeah, he really was. Um, is that it, the phrase, I am, it really means God. Yes. Okay? So when you say, I am, yes. I am, I am, three times, and then follow it with something that you really want, yes. you you bring that energy to your body in exponential you know, force that it really allows you to line up to these God aspects of yourself or source aspects of yourself. So perhaps I am, I am, I am a phenomenal teacher. Yeah. Or you can even say I am, I am, I am a teacher, whatever feels comfortable for you, because language needs to feel comfortable in order for the energy to move into your body. And let this be your new mantra. Since this is something you want to do, you're completely qualified to do it. Yeah. For whatever reason, you're scared or worried. 
yes. to do well, it. Well, I, I almost don't know how to leave my current J-O-B. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm getting is, you know, just start morphing into the new job, and then all of those things will be answered. Your, your job, as, and this is for all the people who are listening, your job is not to figure stuff out. <laughs> Let the universe figure it out. Find your bliss. Follow it. That's it. Don't worry about all this linear, you know, information because that's just a complete waste of energy. And the way things are, you know, are handled universally are better than anything we could imagine. So you just need to simply get out of the way. Okay. So I am, I am a phenomenal teacher is what I would like for you to say, but I feel a little angst in your energy when I say I am, I am a phenomenal teacher. Yay! And I'm moving forward with that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And both of your family members give you love. They send you kisses, hugs to your mother as well, and wish you the very best in your life. Thanks, Papa and Mark. (laughs) And thank you, Maria. You're welcome. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Now we've got Eric on the line calling from Redmond. Hi, Eric. Hi, Marie. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I want to let you know that I've gone to two of your classes and have really gained quite a bit and look forward to attending future classes. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy them. I have a pretty straightforward question. Okay. I've had a very strong and intense relationship with my father, mm-hmm. who was 15 years older with my, uh, than my mother, yeah. and it allowed him to pass along a lot of wisdom to me. Mm-hmm. We were best friends and shared a letter collection of over 250 handwritten letters. Oh my gosh. Now, he passed away eight years ago, mm-hmm. and through my grieving, I was left with many gifts like a great career, but I still <laughs> wonder if I'm completely through my grief. And when growing up, I looked to seek approval from others, especially my father, to validate my worthiness. Yeah. But now that my dad is gone, I need to get this approval from myself, which is a new process for me. Yeah. I feel like I may have developed a post-traumatic stress disorder from the abandonment, and I may have borderline personality disorder, <laughs> but I am unsure of this since I've never been professionally diagnosed. I was right. just sad for many years, yet now I feel very good about myself. My question is, I was wondering what other abandonment and forgiveness issues do I have that I need to look at to move forward, and what tools are out there to help me work through this? Well, you may not like my answer, mm-hmm. because my answer is you need to stop all this. You mm-hmm. know, you're, you're over-diagnosing, over-analyzing, mm-hmm. and over-criticizing yourself, Okay, which is not great if you want to have self-approval. Right. You function highly in the world. People love you and appreciate you and cherish you. <laughs> so you don't have those things that you're trying so hard to think that you do. It's 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 you being hard on yourself okay. and trying to break everything down and blame yourself for this or no, 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 no. So that's where I would start. I would first stop okay. all the analyzing. You, you know, all you have to do is look at your life to see how you are seen and valued and appreciated by so many people around mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And that is an accurate description of who you are, not the the things that come in that kind of distract you from having your incredible life by overanalyzing yourself. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Okay. So that's what I'm recommending is, you know, get off of that bandwagon. Okay. And start getting on the bandwagon that I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm perfect just the way I am. Mm-hmm. I'm amazing just the way I am. 
My life's been amazing, which it has been, just exactly the way it is. And it's exactly how it should be. Yeah. My only caution is I don't want to be too needy in my next relationship and expect too much from my partner for things that I should be giving to myself. Right. And and so if you can stop the over-analytical self-diagnosis and... Over-processing. Yeah. Then, of course, that, that, that as that happens, you're going to create tools that will help you feel confident about who you are as a being. Well, I think I can do that. So this, this conversation did go better than imagined. Oh, good. I'm so <laughs> glad. And then I think of you, as you create those tools, you'll, you know, you'll have the language or the know-how to bring you back to the truth. And then you, you won't have to bring that to the doorstep of your partnership. And then she won't have to go through the, the analytical box and remind you of who you are as often. Okay. Okay. That works. Thank you so much for calling, Eric. Have a great day. Thanks for your help. You You're too. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Now we're on to Mark calling from Graham. Hi, Mark. Hey, how are you doing, Marie? I'm great. How are you? Good, thank you. Basically, I just want another open reading, and uh, if you could tell me if that archway you told me about is open up yet, and anything I need to work on. Okay, so I told you that you had an archway. Is that what happened? Yeah, in the Reiki class, you told me that there was going to be an archway open. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of blurry for me when I look back there. So that Ricky, <laughs> that Ricky workshop was in March. Is that correct or November? When was that? Uh, you know, I don't remember. It was <laughs> recently here. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too. I know it was sometime this year. So maybe yeah. it was March versus November then. Okay, so it's a little foggy. You know, when I look behind you and I start looking for an arch, I can see a little bit of an outline, but I see this screen of kind of gray energy. So either the archway is still trying to open up or uh, it's open, but there's some fog on it. So are you being hard on yourself these days? Uh, lately, yeah, uh-huh. a little bit. And you're leaking energy out of the back of your heart chakra, too. So is there something going on in your family or with yourself that feels uncomfortable or unhappy? Uh, I don't know, maybe just not progressing in my, uh, right. my new endeavor right. real well. That's what I think it is. And so, you know... This idea that you're not progressing is probably not accurate. What if you're progressing just fine? You know, sometimes things don't show up in the, not sometimes, many things don't show up in the third dimensional space immediately. It takes a while for things to work out in the physical plane. And when we doubt ourselves, we slow down the process even more. And it's almost like all the high energy you have for your new endeavor went out there initially to create it. And things started happening and doors started opening. And then when, when the doors tend to move more slowly, the opening moves more slowly, most people go into doubt and worry and negativity, which then shuts the doors. Right, right. So if you can feel confident about your choice and the direction of where things are going, then the doors can open up again and you can move back into that flow of energy. And then you'll stop leaking energy from your heart chakra. I probably would be able to see the archway. <laughs> so getting out of doubt is going to be huge. And because and this is a chronic behavioral approach, I think, to your life anyway, is moving into doubt. Yeah. And yeah. personally, for me, there are some areas of my life that I have doubted in the past. And they, they, it just closes the door almost immediately. So you need to get out of the doubt, move back into confidence and certainty, positive thinking, regardless of the outcome, you know, because if you think positively, you're going to have a great life no matter what, it's going to be amazing. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's Like you said, though, it's, it's a chronic thing for me to go back into that doubt and, uh, you know, something I've been falling back on for many, many years. So. And, and it's not just you. It's the majority of the population, and that's why it's so easy to go back to something that feels so familiar. And, and so know that because your job, you want to help people 
go beyond the familiar and go beyond what the most of the population is thinking and doing in, in their lives. And so you need to start with yourself so that you can learn your own tools and then teach them to others. Well, yeah, and it, it's frustrating for me because I feel like I know so much more than everybody else, and it, it seems like <laughs> other people can manifest so much quicker than me. It's like, well, it's just I know I'm getting in my own way. But <laughs> yeah, you are getting in your own way, and all of us have a wealth of knowledge that's deep inside of us. And if you honor other people's knowledge base, that will help you to honor your own as well. So, so look at it that way. I mean, I know why you said it. I get it. But look at honoring, if you, like every time I value something that someone else has that I want, mm-hmm. then I get it. So when we can appreciate what other people have and value it and bless it, it brings it to us. Okay? Sure. Okay. Works for me. Okay, good. Have fun. You're, you're going to make a change in the next, well, actually it's already happening, so you're going to feel a whole lot better in about 24 hours. Oh, good. And I'll see you at your next uh, shop next week here. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much, Mark. I look forward to seeing you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. All right, now let's talk to Marsha calling from Redmond. Hi, Marsha. Hi, Marie. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What can I do for you? Um, well, I always think of a million things while I'm listening to everybody else, but <laughs> sometimes they're answered when you're talking to somebody else. Right. I uh, know. Isn't that a blessing? Yes, it is. And um, I guess I wanted to start out with my sciatica uh-huh. pain in my leg uh-huh. um, in my right hip, my mm-hmm. leg going mm-hmm. down to my foot. <laughs> and I think I've had this pain for a long, you know, long, long time. Right. And it's just kind of really flaring up off and on now more. And mm-hmm. then I wondered if there was anyone else around me. Sure, sure. Give me any message. Yeah, oh. yeah, there is a woman around you. Um, and I can't wait to get to the sciatica because I think it's phenomenal. And if you ever saw the body when it was in town, they had great, gorgeous, of course, real sciatic nerves. Like you said, right in the middle of your glute, the bottom, yeah. all the way down to the ankle. It's just such a beautiful, amazing nerve, just amazing. But there is a woman standing behind you. Um, I think she had a hard life, whoever this woman is. Uh, I think that her life was challenging. She has brown hair with a little bit of gray in it. It's short and straight, a little bit greasy, her hair is. So, you know, maybe she had a harder time taking good care of herself towards the end of her life. Or this is just another, you know, metaphor letting me know how hard her life was. She's wearing kind of a smock-type shirt. Um, I think she lived in a sunny area, so not Washington State, at least for a fairly big portion of her life, like maybe Arizona, perhaps California, because her skin even feels dry to me. She's probably in her late 70s, maybe early 80s, um, kind of hazel eyes. Um, she had health issues, I think, for a long period of time in her life, You know, so maybe the last two decades of her life. Does this sound like anyone you knew that's passed over? Uh, n- no, not right not right away to me. This is really kind of baffling. Mm-hmm. Is your mother passed over? My mother's passed over. Mm-hmm. My mother did have a hard life. I, uh-huh. I um, the smock and the the smock gets you. Okay, so don't it, worry about she's the from smock. The Midwest. Um, Midwest. I, I don't think of her skin as ever being dry. Uh-huh. Uh, so what? So like, was it hot though where she lived? In the summertime, it was hot. Uh-huh. Okay, so it had cold winters though. Yeah, I know it was from Ohio. So. Oh, in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, was your mom stubborn? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- this. You know, Ohio, you know, sorry, I mean, hot in the summer. Maybe it's because we're in the summer months. You know, I don't really know. Did she spend a lot of time outside when it was hot, you know, in the summer? Yes, she would have, yes. Yeah, okay. So that that's kind of a validation for me as well. And the hard life thing, because she makes it very clear that her life was hard. And she's apologizing to you. She's standing behind you, and she's apologizing to you for not 
letting you feel valued and appreciated as a person. Your mother loved you. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But she didn't know how to be um, a positive person in your life or to say, this is what she's telling me, positive things to you. Like, you know, I think I tell all three of my kids multiple times a day, if I get an opportunity to speak to all of them in one day, that I love them, you know, and that I think they're gorgeous and incredibly brilliant. And people need these reminders, you know, just like, you know, as we become adults, we need to remind ourselves of all these phenomenal things because that helps us to grow and flourish. And your mother's apologizing for not doing that. Is that true? Did she not do that? Oh, yes. Yeah. So she's apologizing for that. And she says, she says to you, she says an enduring term like honey. She says, that's why life gets hard and challenging for you because I didn't help you to see who you are. And, and of course, it's generational, you know, it had to do with how she was brought up and all of those things. But she stands very close to you. I mean, it's almost like if you could feel her, she's breathing on you. That's how close she is because she really wants this information to come through to you so that you can begin to change your tune about who you are and what you think about yourself. And she knows that she's she can be a positive part of that by standing close to you and saying more loving, compassionate, honest, you know, comments towards you. So I, I know you're upset a little bit, so you just keep feeling your feelings. And I'm going to talk about the sciatic. Okay. Okay. So the sciatic is about not letting go of the past. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's a pain in the butt. Actually, is what it is. The right-hand side is about power. It's about moving forward in one's life. And so it's hard to move forward in our life sometimes if we can't let go of the past. And there's this fear about your power in, in some regard. You know, so you feel uncomfortable about your own power. And you keep, you know, reverberating into the past. And so then you're getting a pain in the, you know, the backside, hip, area, leg, you know, all of that. So the exercise that I would recommend to do is to sit down for about 10 minutes once a week and think about all the wonderful things about you. You know, like I took out the garbage this morning, you know, really early because the garbage man was going to come this morning and I got it all done and and I appreciated myself because it's not my favorite thing to do, you know, at at all. I don't like doing what I consider the guy stuff, (laughs) like mowing the yard, stuff like that. So I want you to sit down and appreciate of your daily, wonderful, regular accomplishments, but all the big ones, too. You know, if you have a family, educational accomplishments, job accomplishments, whatever they happen to be, I want you to sit down and value yourself. Because when we remember the past and we kind of move it through our body on a consistent basis, we're wounding ourselves. We're we're upset about what happened or we feel betrayed or we feel like we didn't do a good job. I mean, all of these negative things come up. So that's what I would like for you to do. And then when you feel really good about you, recall a situation you haven't been able to let go of and ask yourself, how did this situation help me to grow? Because every circumstance is a beautiful, invaluable, amazing lesson. So when you do that, when you feel empowered, which is appreciating you, you'll get a brand new perception, one that will help you let go of the past. And then that pain will start to go away. Okay. Okay. So I don't need any. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I would recommend. This is a chronic situation you've had for a long time. So here's an option, you know, of something that you can do to make it go away. I, yes, I, yeah. And I see this, you know, the pattern. I don't know how to, I think I'm appreciating myself, but it's, no, (laughs) I don't. Well, I totally understand. We're all working on it. And I just love that your mother's right there breathing Uh on you, wishing you the very same thing and telling you over and over again how much she loves you. That's wonderful. (laughs) You're welcome. Have an absolutely wonderful day. I will see everyone uh, next week on Wednesday night. 
at um, the Redmond Town, um, Redmond Town Center Marriott Hotel. I'll be teaching the class Embrace Your Intuition, one of my absolute favorites. I'm really looking forward to it. And check out the website in my brand new CD, A Healthy Immune System. I'm very, I love it. We've got beautiful illustrations inside. There's a glossary of terms, and I talk about Western approach to immunity and, of course, energy medicine. Have an absolutely wonderful day and joyful blessings. Until next week, bye-bye. Thank you.